the Hotshot with Kids Podcast Network. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Clock with Hot Shot Wiz Kids with Mike Lane Jr. and Mark Davila, and this is TV Cynics. And today we are doing step by step, yes, day by day, which I guess is just a Brady Bunch ripoff. It pretty much is. Yeah, it's just the Brady Bunch, right? In modern days, I'm modern for the, for the I'm 90s. I'm for the damn chorus. It takes a while <laughs> yeah, to get I there. Know. I didn't want to stay quiet this whole time. We we're just listening to a theme song. Did they not get to it? I thought there was a step-by-step chorus. I don't know. I'm waiting. Give it a minute. Maybe it was a later version. This is the, this is the original version, season one. Well, hold on. It's coming now. Wait. Here it comes. Yeah. It was worth it. That could be done, right? Okay. They don't They don't actually... Um, there was, a, there was an Onion article, I, I, or maybe it was The Hard Times, one of those parody ones. They're like, uh, sitcoms don't uh, t- tell the whole story of the show anymore in the yeah. theme. Yeah. Back in the old days, you could watch the theme song and know, look, listen, yeah. this is what this show's about. Even Perfect Strangers, they didn't, the song didn't tell you, but the, but the actual... The imagery. Yeah. Yeah, it showed you. The Brady Bunch, you know, it tells you like... I want, let's make a show where the theme song tells you exactly what's in store. Yep. Ooh, and what if the theme song is different every episode because it's telling you what that episode is about? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be good? So what was what be was funny? That would be imagine with the Sopranos, like <laughs> wise guy goes to the shrink, and he's fucking a girl, not his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he's killing some guys who were rats. And he's making more money. Yeah, yeah. like, you know what? I could, that would be a great sitcom. It'd be hilarious because you'd want to tune in for the beginning because, like, I want to hear this week's theme song just to see what it's about. Well, remember some, like, MacGyver would do, like, a preview of the yeah. show two seconds before this the show starts. This week on Tonight at MacGyver. Then you see what fix he's getting in. Like, oh, boy. How's he going to get out of this one? Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, we need to do MacGyver. Yeah. I used to fucking love that show. I mean, he became part of the American lexicon. Yeah, I'm going to MacGyver something over here. And is, is the uh, the remake still on? I think it is. Not that I've ever seen it. No, we'll talk Wasn't about interested. It. Whatever. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, step by step. Um, we're talking about step by step, the TGIF. Uh, it was a staple of staple TGIF. Staple yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, like, how long did it go? It was, like, 12 or 13 Man. seasons. That fucking that's for that's an infinity in sitcom years, because it was just such like it was. I mean, it probably didn't cost that much. Yeah, cheap to make, and um, it's just bland. I want to say it aired from September twentieth, nineteen ninety one, to August fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Then moved to CBS, where it aired from ninety seven to nine. I love when these shows are like you're canceled, ship. and then CBS always seemed to. It's like, yeah, fuck it. We'll take it. Yeah, we, they, we did it with the Golden Girls. They, no. Golden Palace, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. CBS took Golden Palace, Family Matters. The Cosby Show. Remember they took the Cosbys and gave them, all, like, a different show? Well, it's a Cosby. Yeah, Cosby. There was two different Cosby shows. Yeah. But, yeah. So, CBS is like, well, we'll take your scraps. snake. 
Well, you toss you toss in the garbage. We'll be happy to take. Yeah. Hey, you took you took that shitty sitcom, threw it in the garbage. We're gonna pick hey, it. Hey, that that steak. It, I mean, it, yeah, it has a couple bites out, but it's still good. Yeah. We'll take it. I'm sure it's we'll fine. We'll bring Cody back, and it'll be great. Listen, the Code Man. So let's let's name. The, I guess let's kind of lay out well, the characters. Let's talk about so step by step started in 1991, uh, yeah. and it was it what a blended family now. The stars of the show are Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Summers, which doesn't mean much to you now, maybe. But in 1991, they were pretty famous, like, sex symbols. Yeah, like Suzanne Summers. Like, that's, Summers, like, the hottest shit, She was man. known for Three's Company and um, other stuff. Was, and by that the time, By that time, when she was the, the thigh master. Yeah. Remember the thigh master? It's a good exercise right What a there. stupid piece of shit that was. You got your thighs rock hard. So it's this thing. It was like Let a spring-loaded thing. And you're just like... Was that an effective exercise piece you're, of exercise yeah, equipment? Sh- it's, mm. it's an exercise. Why not? You're putting resistance. I'm sure it works Suzanne fine. Summers had the most muscular thighs. Yeah, she was ripped to shit. Yep. The rest of her, not so good. Has anyone seen her lately? No. I wonder if she looks like really old and so she kind of hides like a lot of the uh, like older a, how old is do. she like 75 no idea 73 shit man that's how that's up there man how'd you get so old Suzanne and it's a fun fact about Suzanne Summers in 1979 the playboy she didn't pose for playboy they found some nude pictures from before she they was famous and they like, bought them, that. I'm them taking in. them and that was the only copy of playboy my dad had yeah. he must have been he must have been watching Three's Company, and then he heard about that. I was like, holy shit, i got to pick up that issue. He scrambled to the convenience store <laughs> to buy it. And back then, you can browse and then he porn. Saved, and then he saved it. Yeah, back in those days, porn magazines didn't come in a little bag. They're like, oh, you just have to buy it. It's behind the counter. No, it was with every other fucking magazine. It's like Mad Magazine is right next to it. You can pick up the porn and just look at I it. I remember she was like under a waterfall nude, and then like, you know, she was just standing there nude. Hell yeah. But it wasn't like she was just like in there. It was like, you know, there was just like some photos that she did yeah, for when she yeah, was younger. Still good. But she was a huge star. So they get married. They play the parents. And Patrick Duffy, another sex symbol. They each get married and they each have three children. So it's always even. Yeah, always the Brady Bunch formula. And I think the one had three girls and the other one, no. It was two. Two, two girls and f- three Shit. <laughs> Patrick Duffy had the boy. He had the boy and the Tom girl. And then, I think it was his too. Then who was the other one? And then Suzanne Summers. No, there had, were six kids. Hold on. You're counting Cody and he was a cousin. No, it says there's six kids. Yeah, I don't know. Each with three children. So who the fuck were their kids? Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Frank Lambert, a divorce contractor, has three children. JT... Al, who was Alicia, the tomboy, and Brendan. Who the, who the fuck was Fox Brendan? Did they, he, did they kill? Was it one of those things where in like season two they got rid of him? And, um. So I don't remember him at all. Now Suzanne's character, who'd she have? Uh, for some reason it doesn't say. That's weird. The dark haired girl and the okay, blonde. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, because so the nerdy kid and the other two daughters, the one from My Two Dads and then the other girl, that was, uh, Suzanne Summers' kids. Oh, really? She had a nerdy kid. Yeah, remember? He was no. Like, yeah, he was like the typical. Every like, sitcom like had this Urkel. character. Every sitcom had it. It always seemed like it was the same kid playing him too. Like the Torkelsons had yeah. it. I think um, Boy Meets World had the same <laughs> nerdy kid somewhere. 
Like they were, they were way smarter than everyone. They're the smartest character in the I show. I would call him a Workle, a White Urkel. You know, they're goofed on, but meanwhile they're like genius level. Yeah. Like I don't know, do geniuses most get goofed nerds on? are? You know, they're they could be intelligent, but they're not fucking geniuses. Yeah. We've had the debate before: <laughs> geek versus nerd. We don't need to do that. So Stacey Keenan, he she played Dana Foster. Now Stacey Keenan, I think, is like a she. She's out of the biz. Is she? And she's now a lawyer. Hmm. Good for her. And I, I'm pretty sure. That was a, the blondish one, right? Yeah, she yeah. was in My Two Dads. Okay. The one guy, Brandon Call, I'm pretty sure he's like. He doesn't do work. He doesn't. He doesn't act anymore. Homeless. Sad. Because I saw some. I I drugs. saw some article where he just like works in a gas station now. Oh my god! He, then I wasn't even wrong. He is homeless. He retired from acting. Now, did he retire from acting, or, or he, he just couldn't find work? Yeah. Yeah, I'm retiring. I retired from modeling. <laughs> yeah, I retired. Before it even got it. Yeah, well, no one would fucking hire me to be a model. So, yeah, the, the premise is... The premise. <laughs> Are you German? <laughs> the premise of the show <laughs> is basically the same as uh, the yeah, Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. Like I said, yeah. Which is weird. Nah, listen, it was, it was a proven formula. Although I think it's better than Brady Bunch. Well, more modern, anyway. So we have a clip... Let, let's play a clip. Yeah, just so we could hear what the show was all about. It was your typical 80s, 90s, early 90s bullshit. So in this clip, it's they're having a Halloween party at the house. Which, this is ridiculous to me already, because like if I was a kid, no one would have showed up to my party. I know. Like I would never I would never throw a party because I know no one would come. I'd be inviting strangers. At best, two people show up, and now I'm embarrassed that two, only two people are there. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing? That's why I don't throw events. Yeah. I just be sweating it out. Like, who's showing up? No one comes. No one likes me. I know. So, anyways, here is uh. So they're having a party, and the nerdy kid. He's he's got the hots for like the for like a, a model looking girl, of course. Like, you never get in the hots for like someone who's like in his equivalent. Yeah, listen, man. Like they say, stay in your lane. So, anyways, this is what's going on in this clip. <laughs> That's that's comedy right there. Yeah. Did you hear how he said hubba hubba hubba? And she said, pace yourself, because it's going to be a long night. They're going to be fucking. All night yeah, long. Yeah, shit. This is a hot show. So I actually, I was curious about the origin of hubba hubba hubba. So Hubba bubba, my favorite gun. Well, that's different. So hubba hubba, it's a little, it says it's a little murky. No one's Did really it come sh- from like some kind of character? No, they're not really sure where it comes from. There's a couple theories that it came from the military. So I guess when um, some Air Force guys were doing, um, they were working with uh, pilots from China. And there's a, like a phrase that the Chinese had that sounded similar so they think like um, the Americans started saying it, and it just kind of like altered. And then they have like um, Bob Hope started doing it, but again, eh, hubby, it's, hubba, hubba. and it's just some mistranslation from Chinese, and that's a theory. So I don't think no one really. Don't get me started on Bob Hope. Yeah, on funny piece. He of couldn't shit. write his own goddamn material. That he was time. horrible. Did he had, nothing. He was not a funny guy naturally. Meanwhile. He is like, you know, like a legend in comedy. He couldn't go on a show without someone feeding him lines. Him is like, oh, look at him golf. Dude's hilarious. Hi. 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 Hi.
audio sucks. Yeah. This is my friend JJ. JJ, this is my mom. Oh, hi JJ. Is that uh, skull and crossbones a real tattoo? Yeah, it better be. It hurts so bad when they put the thing on, I nearly swallowed my tongue. That's some comedy. This is yeah. an awful sound. It is. It sounds shitty. Mm-hmm. Their, their mix is way off. So anyways, the opening the opening of the series, Frank and Carol marry while vacationing in Jamaica, which is a lot like Brady Bunch. Yeah. I think they did the same thing. After a whirlwind courtship, and Frank plans an identical vacation to accidentally run into Carol. So you you got to be a sex symbol to get, be able to get away with that. Like, you see, a, you meet a girl, and you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to Jamaica with my family. And oh, okay. And then you just... Plan the exact... I'm just going to show up there. Yeah, fuck like, it. Wow. It's hey, funny is that you mean? Yeah, look funny at this. you in Jamaica. Ah. I didn't know you were in this resort. They plan to keep the marriage a secret, but Frank accidentally reveals to JTT that they're married during a barbecue. He and... Why would you have a secret marriage? What kind of sense does that make? I don't know. Like, why would you hide that from your family? Wouldn't they be angry? It's like, kids... I, I, I know I should have told you before, but uh, I've been married for the last three years. And another, and another, and again, a blended family, and of course the two girls were not interested in the dude. Yeah. At all. I mean, look, he listen, obviously he works in a gas station, so he's not, he doesn't have a lot going for him, but still. But if you're living with someone, wouldn't you think that... Or at the very least, he's going to be into them. He's going to be like, fuck, look at these if, chicks. If, if a girl teenager and a guy Jesus teenager... Christ. I wonder what if in real life when these blended family situations happen what what happens with that there's uh there's issues surrounding that I'm sure yeah so the foster family is Suzanne Summers plays they Carol they adopted a kid that's her last name Stacy yeah. Keenan's Dana like I said Mark and then Christopher Castillo played the nerd and then the other the other character was Cody Lambert so he was seasons cousin, one through right? five and a guest in season seven. Frank's nephew, who lives in a, in the driveway, Mitchell appears as a reoccurring cast member in the first season, and then was upgraded to regular cast member in the second. Sporting a crew cut and a valley teen accent, he often shows maturity and intelligence, belying his dim-witted veneer. They called him the Code Man, and he had like the kind of surfer dude kind of speech. But oh he, yeah, but he was right. like the guy that everyone went to for help. Yeah, and then Cody. So that guy, apparently he's like a really good martial artist because he started, uh, he kind of took over Van Damme's kickboxer series. American so he, kickboxer, right? No, it, Van Damme just had kickboxer. But he wasn't he an American kickboxer? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he was an American kickboxer. Or he was just in kickboxer too. But either way, he started doing that. So he's, you know, the guy likes to tussle. He likes to throw down. He's good at it. Then he got in trouble for tussling with his wife. Then that's when you didn't see him anymore on Step by Step because they really had to distance themselves from, like, listen, dude beats his wife. So. He starred in Kickboxer 2 The Road Back. Told you. And the third and fourth installments of the film series. He also appeared in Three Musketeers commercial in 1989. Yeah. Did he get to eat the candy bar and have, like, that little piece of caramel, like, coming off in his mouth? You see that little string of <laughs> yeah. caramel. Yeah. Like, how do they do that perfectly? I like to say caramel, but. How do they do that perfectly? I don't know. A lot of practice. A lot of takes. I ate like 30 candy bars till it was perfect. But yeah, he got in trouble and then uh, they kicked him off the show. Yeah, you know, apparently you can't beat your wife. Hey, where'd a code man go? Well, he took his van somewhere else. Yeah. He lived in a van? And I know it said the driveway, but I didn't well, know if he yeah, like he had a van in the driveway. Yeah, he had a van in the driveway. They just let him sleep in his fucking van. 
Yeah, they didn't have any. I guess. Well, I guess when you have like, uh, I guess it was a eight, full house. Eight people living in the house. Yeah. You probably don't have any extra space. Can I crash on the couch? I don't know if people shared rooms or what. Yeah, how many room? How many bedrooms did they have? I don't know. I don't think they ever said. Yeah, what's it? What are the sleeping arrangements like? Can I choose to sleep with that blonde? Can I do that? That's what I would do. I mean, we'll have separate beds. We'll push them together, but they'll be separate. So episode one, the pilot aired on September 20, 1991. And like I said, we meet the Lamberts, divorce contractor Frank and his three children, slacker JT, tomboy Alicia, and carefree Brendan. The Fosters, divorced beautician Carol, her children, feminist Dana, glamour puss Karen. Glamour puss. Hell yeah. I love that. And brainy Mark, each living in separate homes. Hi, I'm Mark. Carol and Frank devise a plan to date and get, and get married so the kids don't find out about them. So all of a sudden your parents are just married and you got to yeah. move in with some strangers. That's super weird. That whole secrecy aspect. Yeah, so it's really weird. So uh, something interesting that happened with the show, the you know, one of the, the daughters, the dark-haired one, for a couple seasons, she put on a lot of weight. So I don't know if she was like sick or something, or usually it's like some kind of medical ailment because you know you're you're in Hollywood. Usually you keep yourself in pretty good shape. You're on a show, so like as she put on weight, I think she might have lost it later on. I don't know, but the young tomboy one wasn't a tomboy anymore because she got older. She got really attractive. Now yeah. she was like the hot girl on the show. So so um in the first episode uh. You know, they give this barbecue and all this, and then Al has a stomachache and ends up her appendix was going to burst. Now, this episode two of the series, this is a special episode you might remember. Steve Urkel crash lands in the Foster's Lambert's yard as they're picking, picnicking. Picnic. He like turns picnic out to be basket. Mark's science fair partner and computer pen pal. Who Can asked, I do that? Because they live in Wisconsin in the... Uh, in the and Steve Urkel lived in Chicago. Was here. it like a parachuting incident? Yeah. Because there was an actually, I think it would happen with the the, the whole TJF lineup, possibly. Yeah. There were a few other episodes of different shows where other characters landed with parachutes. Because I think in an episode of Roseanne, Drew Carey was in the parachute. It was like in a tree or it was vice versa. Maybe it was John Goodman and like Tim Allen. I don't know. There, no, you're thinking of on. Tim Allen landing in... Uh... The Drew Carey show. Okay, because I know that that, that that was like yeah, a thing. Tim Allen landed in Drew Carey's tree and just was hanging there for the whole the whole episode. Yeah. So did they rip them off? So after it was way before that. After the science fair, he talks to Al, who has been dumped by a boy she likes. Frank had told Al that everyone gets dumped at some point and to move on. Everybody hurts. Hey, man! Everyone sometimes. gets dumped. Just move the fuck on. You're twelve. Steve reinforces that point and convinces Elle to ask him to the school dance where she tells where she tells off her originally planned date and Fuck you. And she learns to do the Urkel. He was it one of those things where uh he did something like, you know, not meaning to dance, but it became a dance oh, and everyone's dance. like, Oh wow. Let's this do that. episode picks off where the Family Manners episode Brains Over Brawn leaves off with Steve's jetpack sending him out of Chicago. So he jetpacked uh, all the way to Wisconsin. Well listen. In reality, the reason why you don't see people with jetpacks flying around, it's because they take up a lot of fuel yeah, you and you can't really far. go very far. You go up a little bit and you can like, you know, hover around there for like a minute and then you got to come down. There's also FAA rules that you got to follow. Yeah. I saw some story where a guy in a jetpack actually went into, you know, like an airport's airspace and, you know, they had to like kind of uh, down all their planes 
and they never figured out who that guy was. He just kind of got away and left. Yep. It's like D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Well, he didn't steal anything. He was just flying. Fucking D.B. D.B. Cooper, right? Is pretty, I'm sure you're sure he just died. Well, sure. When he jumped out of the plane. Uh, who knows, though? They found some of the money. Yeah. On the beach, like, years later. So, I mean, it's possible he survived and he went and spent it somewhere. I mean, he's dead. either way, he's dead now. Do you think? Probably. He's either died at that at that time or he's dead right now. So, the, I, I mean, the, the episodes were just your typical... Typical sitcom shit. Yeah. JT was like a fuck-up. And, you know, the, he would always argue with the girl... The, the uh, This feminist daughter, played by the girl from My Two Dad, she was just a smart-ass, and, you know... And what about the fashionable pussy? The, the, the glamour puss. Glamour puss? Is that what Yeah, she was kind of dim-witted. Yeah, she was dumb. So you had a couple, like, smart you gotta, people. You gotta have the airhead. Al was, like, street smart, boat tomboy. Then you have the nerd genius... And obviously the feminist, she has to be smart. Yo-Yo's Wedding, Episode 7, Season 1. When their marriage is declared illegal, Franks wants to marry at City Hall. Though she isn't thrilled with the idea, Carol goes, but must wait for Frank who shows up late and filthy from work. That sounds pretty entertaining. I mean, there's just some great episodes. Dana and her friend Bernice go to a seedy nightclub to hear a folk singer perform. Yeah. But they don't know what to do when some of the bar's regulars included Psycho. That's the guy's name. Gets a little too rough with them. Luckily, Cody shows up and protects Dana. Well, the code man knows karate. Until Frank, who forbid her to go, and Carol or I, Frank and Cody proceed to beat up the thugs. Code man, I could see, because he can fuck kick some ass. Well, yeah, he's but an the American old man. Kickbox- he's from Kickboxer, too. Don't say American Kickboxer. That's a different series. Sorry. But he was in Best of the Best. Best of the Best was a Jean Claude Van Damme. Was it? Yeah. There's a lot of kick, kick, kickboxing. A lot of fighting movies. So I believe in Best of the Best. Is that the movie where the ghost of Bruce Lee teaches a kid how to fight? I don't know. They were they were Best of the Best. They were like uh, they were like you know competing in karate matches. There's a movie where and it also stars Van Damme. This like like might have been one of his first roles where a kid was you know. We had a fight coming up, so the ghost of Bruce Lee during searching the night for, searching for what's Fisher. What's with that? Remember that movie? Vaguely, Bobby Fisher. Searching, <laughs> searching for Bobby, for Bobby Fisher. Fisher. Yeah, I like the I like Bruce Lee teaching me to fight at night though. Then I beat up Van Damme. Then wasn't there American Ninja? There was an American Ninja. Yeah, I used to watch. I lo- I watched all that shit. I love that. The, what about Jim Kata? I love that people got Gymnasts ninjas. Ninjas like totally wrong. Like how ninjas were. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, well, if you're a ninja, you're like, you're basically invincible. Well, from what I recall, like, there still was, like, a, um, I don't know, really wouldn't call it a monastery, but there was, like, a temple where ninjas still were, but they kind of just kept to themselves. Like, this was a long time ago, I'm sure. I don't know if any, like, real-life ninjas exist anymore. What about turtles? Ninja turtles are real turtles, because turtles exist. I don't know how some ooze, we should do Ninja Turtles sometime. This is, it's a secret secret of the ooze like some ooze all of a sudden of it gives, gives them like abilities to speak like I, were they blended with humans I mean what's going on there did human DNA get in there that's why they were well so- probably because they were handled by humans at one point so there was some human DNA that had to be them. it because and now that ooze that secret of ooze kind yeah. of melded the, their because DNA recombinant DNA there's no way you're just gonna and it wasn't in the movie that in the cartoon, they were blended with humans, but the movie, they weren't? Or vice versa? Because remember... 
I don't think they were blended with humans. No, Bebop and Rocksteady no, were blended because remember, with humans. Um, who was their who was their sensei? What was their sensei? Splinter. Splinter. Splinter in the cartoon in the comics was, was a guy. Yeah, he was a guy. But in who the was movie, with rat. he was a rat who learned the karate moves in his cage. I know. <laughs> that was good stuff. Come here, Donatello. I love that first movie. I mean, it made yeah. me want to eat pizza and Burger King. Because remember the kid where he was he was working for the clan. He was uh. Foot Clan. The Foot yeah. Clan, he was eating. Don't say the game. Clan, because people are going to think other things. That's what, they, that's what the short term, the Clan. Yeah. Now, did April O'Neil, did she date any of the Turtles? No, she dated Casey O'Neill. No, not Casey O'Neill. <laughs> that's April O'Neil. Oh, Casey... he took her name when they got married? <laughs> yes. Casey shit. I can't remember his last name. But it was like Casey. Yeah. He's the hockey guy. Yeah. My thing is, I like hockey. So I go around with a Jason. No, he liked he had all mask. kinds of sports. Because remember, he had, a, he had a catchphrase for all of his weapons, which were like. Golf clubs. You know, you say four. Batter up. Batter up. You had a cricket thing. Like, oh, I guess I like cricket. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, but it's, what's, what's, uh, I was going to say Casey Armstrong, but that's a guy from Howard Stern. Yeah. Not from the Ninja Turtles. Let's jump to the final. Yeah, good. Now, eventually, the show, like Who I said. Who how shitty the show was? Eventually, the show did flip over to CBS because CBS just picks yeah. up everyone's shit. And they gave him one more horrible season. You know, it seems like it was on long. I guess 91, seven seasons isn't that long, but when you get to the late 90s, it seems like longer. I don't yeah. know why. It feels like it was on for like <clears throat> 13 years. Cody, here's a, the, the second of last episode, the penultimate episode. Cody returns from a self-described world tour, bringing strange gifts for Karen and JT and a large check for Frank and Carol. Who argue how to spend the money in the dream of what it could do to the family. I want to open up a brothel. Well, I want to open up a petting zoo. So the final episode, moving on up, aired on June 26, 1998. When a young yuppie couple, the Alders, tour the house, they make... Are they selling their house? A lot of these sitcoms, they sell the house. Oh, is this one of those things where this, we see some flashbacks, they're reminiscing, and at the end... They're all the empty house. They... they they, they close the door. They slowly and, walk away. And they close the door. Wait, wait, wait. Before they close the door, that last person out yeah. of the house turns back one last time yeah. and has a final look. <laughs> and then the audience is like, yay! Man, it's the same bullshit over and over. Frank and Kurt, they, everyone is excited, particularly since they'll finally be able to move from their undersized home. I bet. But Lily likes her house and makes it clear to her folks that she will not move. Who the fuck is Lily? Do they one have the a daughters. kid at some point? Is it one of the daughters? Or? I don't know. She will not move, and their attempts to reason with her fail. When the yuppies return, the show, they show their true colors, disgusting the Lambert so much that they cancel the sale. What? So I guess they decided to stay in the undersized house that no yeah, one... Yeah, we don't have room for anything we're... anymore, but you know what? I kind of didn't like the people who wanted to give we're us all, all that all... money for the house. We're all sleeping on each, sleeping on top of each other, but... I've been fucking my sister for years, because listen, I ha- we, have, we share a room, we, sleep, we share a bed. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But, um... I didn't like the look of the uh, the p- potential owners or buyers, so, well. I guess yeah, we're I don't saying. know who Lily is. They and what's be... this true colors? They were mean. Well, they're yuppies, so they're assholes. They're arrogant. Oh, yeah. They're, I don't like them, so we're not... I don't want them to live in my house. This house is so fucking special. This house we hate because we have no fucking room in here? It's special. So, the mean people can't live here. Fuck you. So, that's how the it's... series ended. Uh, some of the guest stars that you might know... Um, Bronson Pinchot from Balky, Ste- from Balky Cousin Balky 
starred as Jean-Luc Reporo. Oh, he should have been a, he should have been Bell. A male beautician who serves as Carol's business partner. Pinchot was brought in to take the place of Sasha Mitchell in the series, but disappeared when he took the title role in a short-lived CBS sitcom Migo, which aired alongside Step by Step when the latter moved to CBS. Wow. That's good stuff. Yeah, I don't think that lasted. There's so many sitcoms. Like, I like watching old promos. You'll see sitcoms that, like, I didn't even know this existed. Fall's number one new comedy, Migo, starring Bronson. <laughs> I know. Like, what? And the show barely airs. No one remembers it. It had two it. episodes and disappeared. Is there somebody who's, like, a Migo expert? Like, they oh know every God. episode of Migo? Episode three, season one of Migo. You'll notice that one of the gaffers left his Pepsi can half-opened over there and it was slightly it must have so, been fizzy because it was spilling Migo is an American science fiction fiction sitcom television series fiction. that ran for six episodes from September no- and I 19th, love science fiction September, September 19th 1997 to October 24th so not even a month it was on the air like how shitty was the show yeah, what was it about um so CBS put it on part of its Friday Night Block Party which was basically you know poor man's TGIF and then they had seven unaired episodes. But what was it about? What was the premise? Tell me Migo. Um, synopsis. Migo is a 9,000-year-old shape-shifting alien from the planet Marim- Mar-Amazon 4.0. After his spaceship crashes, so this is a mix of Elf and, and um, uh, Mork and Mindy put together. Yeah. He's discovered by three children. And, and uh, is, mister. Are they live with alien? their single father, Dr. Edward Parker, Ed Begley Jr., how do they get Ed Begley Jr. to start some shitty wow. sitcom? This sounds like the worst piece of shit I've ever heard. And they pass Migo off as human. He does not want anyone to know that he's an extraterrestrial, of course. And although he plans to go home as soon as his ship is repaired, he becomes attached to the children and decides to remain on Earth to care for him. Now it turns into who's the boss. He's yeah. a nanny. I'll clean up, too. The exteriors of the, fa- of the family home on Migo has been recycled from an earlier show called On Our Own. The footage of the home was filmed in St. Louis, where On Our Own was set. However, in episode Magic Parker, references made to the Chicago area. So it took place in Chicago, but they used the house from another sitcom. Why Chicago? Because uh, Bronson Pinchot already had a Chicago show from, you know... Someone needs to make a list of sitcoms and where they took place. Chicago's got to be up there. New York, Chicago... L.A., I'm sure. L.A., uh... The big, big cities. Because I know, um... Hey, Buffalo even had, remember um, Jesse? Yeah, and there was that other one with uh, Rod Corey or Corn. <sighs> We've had a couple. Yeah, there's Pittsburgh. My so-called life took place in Pittsburgh. Did it? Yep. Miami was the Golden Girls. We should do My So-Called Life, too. Oh, I was obsessed with that show. Yeah, yeah, because we have things to say. I have, I have. Yeah, I, I got some fucking Listen, things to don't, say. Listen, don't blow your wad now. <laughs> Calm it down. Calm it down. Never forget, down. never forget the heartbreak of that show. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Anyway, let's end this because I, I think Step by Step has, has run its course. Anyway, hotshotwizkids.com. We should rewatch the whole series. Yes, let's do that. Twitter, YouTube. Tell a friend we watch too much TV. Stay, it will be better.